What lies ahead for our industry as flight operations around the world continue to grapple with the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. It's not overstating things to say we've never seen a situation like COVID-19 before in our lifetimes. And it's no secret that international business aviation operations have fallen dramatically over the past few months, with an equally precipitous drop in flights across North America since mid-March. But how long should we expect these challenges to last? Today's guest can offer some insights on that. Brian Foley is president of Brian Foley Associates, a consultancy that provides strategic aerospace research and guidance. Also with us is Doug Gollin, editor-in-chief of PrivateJetCardComparisons.com. Both Doug and Brian are also contributors to Forbes.com. Brian, let's begin our conversation with your impressions of how business aviation is responding to this crisis. I think business aviation is responding just like any other company in the U.S., be it, be it a restaurant or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, the, the first thing they're doing is just making sure, you know, family and security is first and, uh, you know, getting that behind them. From there, they can move on to their own businesses and take a look at employees and, and how to keep them safe. Once that's looked at, um, then I'd say, you know, you start going into hunker down mode, at least temporarily. Um, you take a look at your liquidity. Um, if there's anything you need to do to you know, re- reach out and get some additional sources, you might be looking at that. Any government programs out there um, that are worth responding to, you, you might take time to do that. And finally, taking a look, look at your own operation and, and staffing to see if there's any adjustment that needs to be done there um, in the short term, at least. So I think at this point, most of the folks have been through that already. And hopefully they're looking and awaiting for the exit from from this thing. Which areas of our industry have been most affected? I'd say everyone has felt it. It's been um, sometimes uneven, though. You know, the the, the charter folks actually saw a big spike in business as there was a lot of last minute travel of people trying to get out of wherever they were and and get home. So that that helped them. Um, But since then, that's slowed down a little bit and it's uh, slow like everyone else. We've seen some releases coming out of uh, large FBO chains that's saying their business is down 60 percentage. Some you know, individual FBOs are saying they're down 95 percentage or so. Air traffic overall um, you know, activity is down you know, 70 percent plus. So anyone who is affected by business jet takeoffs and landings like FBOs um, and you know, charter are probably starting to feel a little, a little bit. The manufacturers of, of business jets, they've taken action and almost all of them, with the exception of one, one or two that maybe haven't come out and publicly stated it yet, though, you know, have taken a, a pause in production for now. So it's, it's really, a, you know, an industry-wide thing. And I think folks are, you know, ready to come out the other end. Doug, is that spike in charter travel that Brian just mentioned, which was followed by a decline, what you're seeing as well from your perspective and monitoring that industry? Well, I think, you know, similar to what Brian said, if you look at the Argus uh, track pack statistics, private aviation in the U.S. was up 5% for the first 10 days of March, but it ended the year, uh, ended the month 30% off. And then their analysis is for April, it's going to be off 40 to 60%. I've had people after I wrote that uh, call me and say they thought it was going to be off more than 60%. 
there's not a lot of places that you would fly unless you had a critical business meeting. How has the aircraft charter industry responded to that? The response so far, I mean, I think one of the key the key takeaways in the the Part 135 market is the the, the waiver of the 7.5 percent federal excise tax. So uh, you're seeing uh, a lot of the brokers and the operators promoting. Uh, that you can fly more for less. You're obviously getting a 7.5% uh, break. I've also seen some programs where they're reducing the fuel surcharges if they had a fuel surcharge, because obviously the cost of fuel has gone down. And then I think 10-hour jet cards are the new black, or 10 hours is now 25 hours. So whereas most of the uh, programs used to start uh, at uh, 25 hours, there are at least a half dozen providers that have come out with 10-hour jack cards, you know, obviously targeting those people who are, you know, could be new to the market. So um, there's been been a lot of initiatives on the pricing side. I'm not sure that at this point it's created extra demand, but a lot of marketing activity focused on price. Brian, in March, you wrote for Forbes that, in some ways, our industry may actually have been better positioned to respond to an extended crisis from COVID-19 than from the closest comparison we can draw, which was in the aftermath of the 2007 economic downturn. Some of the areas you cited were improvements in company profits, as well as higher business aviation activity immediately preceding this crisis. We're speaking now a few weeks after you wrote that article. So have your views changed at all? No, I, I feel even stronger that this isn't 2007 all over again. I mean, just just take a look at the the Dow Jones average in the U.S. You know, back back in 07, there was just no floor in that. It just kept going down, down, down. At least the stock market fall has been arrested. You know, at least thus far. I mean, things could change tomorrow or or later today. But as far as comparing before we went into this downturn versus 07, you pointed out um, quarterly profits before this downturn were about a third higher than they were back in 07. Um, Our our stock market was two thirds higher. Um, GDP was higher. All of the economic metrics were improving before this happened, like manufacturing and job growth, consumer spending, business investment, all, all those key metrics. And there, there were some reforms done because of 2007 that makes uh, you know bank liquidity and reduced credit risk uh, less of a concern now than it was back then. The business jet manufacturers are a little smarter going into this downturn too. There was a lot of speculation back in 07. The backlogs were huge, but not very impressive because they weren't very sticky. It seemed like everyone could qualify for a loan to get a business jet. And maybe there's little speculators in the order book, but not, not so in the last one. You know, the backlogs weren't as big, but they seem more solid than they were back there. And in general, manufacturers, you know, they, they have long term memories and they remember about the overproduction back in 07. So they've been very cautious before this on ramping up production rates. And and hopefully that stops them from getting any, uh, you know, what white tails or, or worse if. Uh, some customers do cancel or defer. It does seem that companies have responded more quickly and decisively this time around. Yeah, no one waited long. And the other thing I'm encouraged to see is back then in 07, it, it was layoffs. It, it was pure cutbacks. But the key word now is that we see out there is furloughs, which generally means, hey, they're coming back sometime. And production pauses, not production you know, ceasing. So uh, all, all of these type of words suggest a a short-term event 
and ho- hopefully not as catastrophic as it was back in 07, 08. Doug, you also shared recently not only your thoughts on how the segment is coping with the current crisis, but you also provided several examples of how business aviation companies are using this downtime to lend a hand in the various relief efforts we're seeing with COVID-19. Why did you feel that was an important message to convey to Forbes readers? I'm fortunate to uh, be a contributor for uh, Forbes because it's reaching tens of millions of people and people who are influential. And I think as all three of us know, what what business aviation is doing now is what business aviation does all the time, which is really uh, they're on the first line of first responders when there are emergencies. You've got great programs like the Corporate Angel Network, which flies patients who need cancer treatments. And so it was really just uh, sort of a summary of a couple things that uh, some of the companies were doing right now. But I think, you know, when you look at a lot of the, the coverage that the industry generally gets, it's about the famous and the infamous. And there's often not a lot of coverage about how important it is to the economy as well, you know, impacting all 50 states and how many uh, smaller markets wouldn't have the businesses that they have if they didn't have access through business aviation. So I thought it was a good opportunity uh, just to highlight, you know, some of the some of the things that we all know go on every day, but you know, to the person who doesn't follow the industry closely, they might not be aware of. Admittedly, we're still in the early stages of this crisis, and it's impossible to predict with 100% accuracy how this might play out. But based on what you're seeing, Doug, what long-term effects do you expect our industry will experience from this crisis? Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of it obviously has to do with demand, and the demand has a lot to do with, you know, what happens in the next couple weeks with the um, the virus. I think you could make a good argument that there's going to be a, uh, I don't want to say a V-shaped recovery, but there will be an upturn. I think without doubt, um, this brought new customers into the market, at least until there's a cure for um, uh, COVID-19. There's going to be an impetus that people are not going to want to be in crowded airports and on packed airliners. I think that a lot of people are going to value, or some people are going to value the reduced exposure to possibly picking up anything. And the one thing you can't buy is health. And uh, people are going to see business aviation is a way to avoid, you know, the crowds in the airports and the TSA lines and on the, on the airplanes. And then the other part of it is newcomers to the market who used it just uh, for one-off or two-off trips, they're going to sit there and say, wow, what was I missing out on? So, you know, I think there's, there's reason to be cautiously optimistic and uh, think, uh, you know, 12 months from now, there could be some good news for the industry. Brian, what do you think? As Doug pointed out, we, we've been trained as a society to stay away from other people in a very short time. So we have this new behavior to to overcome that just doesn't go away in a day. Um, So I could make the case that business aviation will come back a little sooner than the airlines. Certainly those in the industry will uh, take the demand as it comes and and, and do what they can with it. Regrettably, there is a, a recession speculated to be going on now, which is a pretty safe bet. Probably a double digit, uh, you know, percentage um, loss in growth. And that's going to have an impact on balance sheets, on personal portfolios. So 
those that might have been able to afford it before might not be able to now, at least at least for the time being. So even though there's good things to say about business aviation coming back strong, we have to sort of wait for the caboose to catch up as far as uh, earnings and and personal portfolios. Ho- hopefully, it'll be a you know short-lived recession, and not not more than a couple three quarters, but that's sort of hard to predict. Um, but certainly, business aviation will be well well poised um, to take advantage of that. Another thought just occurred to me while speaking with both of you. One advantage to business aviation that we're all familiar with is the ability to travel quickly to distant locations and meet face-to-face with clients, prospective customers, or with employees. Over the last few weeks, though, we've all had to adjust to an environment where online conferencing is probably a much bigger part of our lives than perhaps it was before. Doug, do you see potential long-term effects from this new normal and how companies use business aviation going forward? Yeah, I think actually it may it may broaden their viewpoint on business aviation. I think companies are going to look at that and say, you know, can we cut out some of that travel expense and do more of these things uh, online via video conferencing? But I think for top executives who have to be there for, um, you know, important meetings, Uh, I think there'll be a shift for more of those. Everyone in the industry knows it's about getting getting to, you know, important uh, places, getting to remote locations, factories, plants, you know, visiting clients for critical meetings. You know, you can't inspect a a plant floor, you know, from from uh, from the Internet. So. Um, I think overall, uh, business aviation should end up uh, on the positive. I think it's going to be the airlines that are going to get hit harder. Brian? Maybe it was alluded to before, but I see kind of a two-phase recovery. And the, the, the first one is people just getting out to see their families again or, or go to another house or, or whatever they do, go recreate somewhere. And maybe not so much the meetings initially. A lot of that might still happen by Zoom or one of those others. And it's really not until there's some kind of a vaccination for the current virus that people are going to pull a stops out and say, hey, let's let's go see all these remote locations and and meet with people in large groups. And so it'll be kind of a a two-phase approach. But the the need for face-to-face will never go away. So, Brian, what other advice would you like to share with the business aviation community as we continue to navigate this situation? Two things. First, there are clearer skies coming, and, and we kind of have a built-in crystal ball. I mean, you can look over to China, where this thing originated, and they recently had a holiday over there. Bookings are up you know, 50% over the weekend before. Train reservations doubled. Hotel bookings are up by 30%. So, And, and people are even you know, making plans for vacation later in the year. So there, there is an end to this. South Korea, um, similarly, they've seen their cases come down and they're, they're, they're moving towards a, a recovery, so it's on the way. Lastly, I'd like listeners not to forget about their associations, you know, their trade associations. These folks have been out uh, you know, polling for you, putting their constituents first and making sure you're, you're whole. But you know, we, we see the news of uh, you know, canceled events and other things, and I'm sure uh, you know, we have to remember these folks once we get on, on our own footing. I'm sure everyone at NBAA and the other aviation groups appreciate those sentiments, Brian. And Doug, what advice would you like to share? Travel and tourism globally accounts for 1 in 10 jobs and over $8 trillion in annual GDP. So it's an important part of the world economy. And 
it impacts business aviation. So I would say as much as we can encourage people to do what they, they're comfortable with, you know, get out and travel, get back to the routines, you know, take the precautions that you deem necessary. But, you know, sitting, sitting around um, is going to make the economic dip longer. Uh, there's a, a large section of the economy from, you know, hotels and, you know, as, as Brian mentioned, FBOs and a, a lot of jobs, restaurants, bars, events, all the people. When you think about these conferences that you mentioned that are canceled, you know, it's not just the, you know, the people, there's the people who build the booth and take the booth down. And all of those jobs are basically on hold uh, during this uh, crisis. So as, as, as much as possible to move back to what was there before um, is going to be good for all of us. And as Brian pointed out, you know, we came into this with a pretty strong economy. So I think within the industry, as much as we can lead by example, uh, that's going to be a good thing for everybody. Brian's article, Business Aviation May Be Better Prepared for the Coronavirus Downturn Than It Was for the 2007 Financial Crisis, was published on March 17th, while Doug's piece, Dire Times for Private Jets Brings Out the Industry's Best, ran April 3rd. You may find both articles online at Forbes.com. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts and the App Store wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock, and thanks for listening to Flight Plan.